listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. Thinking of and reflecting upon the pictures coming out of Maui, especially the area of Lahaina, the town of Lahaina, uh, is absolutely terrifying and uh, beyond the scope of the imagination. I remember going there, visiting there many times in uh, previous years. In fact, Lahaina was always where we, and many other people who would visit Maui, we would go as kind of a, a center point. And also, when I was writing my second book, uh, Evangelizing the New Age, which was published oh, decades ago, and uh, there, there were shots that we took for the book cover uh, that were shot from a, a, a sailboat right there off the coast of Maui. So it was, it's a place of, of deep and rich memories for me and my family. But now when I see the pictures, and when I say see the pictures, see the videos, what you are being shown by the mainstream media in terms of videos of the disaster in Maui, in terms of photographs, uh, pictures, whatever media you're looking at, especially visual media, if you're looking through the lens of visual media, at what happened uh, to Lahaina in Maui, what the mainstream media, even the, the, the majority of the internet, are showing you sanitized, carefully edited images that, yes, provoke uh, the deep, horrific emotions, the deep sense of loss, et cetera, et cetera. But you're watching, it's kind of like watching a movie that has been edited over-edited. So there are parts, there are segments of the movie, and in this case, the movie is what really happened in Maui. What really happened in Maui? The movie, the movie called Reality. So, so in conveying this information to you, I'm using the metaphor of, and it's not a metaphor for the people who died in it and had loved ones who died in it, whose houses, etc., uh, were, were destroyed vaporized. It's not a movie for them. It's very real. But the way the media is, is promoting it and producing it, you would think they were producing and promoting a Hollywood feature film, a disaster film, because it's edited. And it's edited in a way that uh, when you see it on television and the other outlets for images, when you see it, you, you feel the impact of the emotions. but what they're showing you visually lacks the all-important dimension, lacks the all-important perception, lacks the uh, all-important POV or point of view. And you see, if you look at the images, the, the real images of what happened in Maui, and if you really hunt and peck, you can find those images. But you're going to have to go through the artificial barriers of bots and, and, and bot uh, thinking and uh, all kinds of diversions that are erected to keep you from seeing what your eyes should normally be able to see. I mean, eyes wide open. It's not eyes wide shut. It's eyes wide open. Your eyes are supposed to be wide open. When they're wide open, you, you realize that this is not a movie you're looking at. This is reality. And that if you look at reality, reality itself, if you're being perceptive 
and really studying the photographs and the video, reality itself is communicating to you the bigger picture of what really happened in Maui. Because you see, unless you're able to come to terms with what really happened in Maui, you can't come to terms with what really happened anywhere else in the recent past or recent years. Those things, those disasters, those disaster events, the, the large number of American people are still oblivious and clueless as to the nature and the source and the origination or the cause of all kinds of events. And so they're so easily manipulated and led down any path someone wants to lead them down to. So they're easily manipulated. And that is, unfortunately, unfortunately, the fate of people who absolutely refuse to acquire knowledge, which is wisdom, which gives you power. But the fate of those who absolutely refuse to accept wisdom, to open their eyes and learn how to really see, the fate for them is going to be destruction and disaster on, on a scale that is beyond what I want to go into at the moment. You understand what I'm saying? I know you do. You do understand what I'm saying because that's why you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I have managed to see uh, a number of videos that I don't think I've seen on the mainstream media. And so they were shot at different angles, different original footage. I don't know where the original footage came from or whatever. And, and I am certain that there are videos that are far, far more explicit in terms of depicting the, the actual horror of what really went on when people's homes and bodies were, were literally vaporized with, with a heat that is three times the temperature, three times the temperature uh, of a normal house fire. So what was it that came in the proximity? What is it that came in to contact with Lahaina and that area in Maui and the other areas on the island of Maui that suddenly start to, to burn with a fire that was three times hotter than a normal house fire or an industrial fire? What was it? See, because if, until you get into the area of what was it, you will never know the motivation behind it, and you'll never be able to put together the, the puzzle pieces of truth that are available to you. You know, puzzles are basically made for little kids, and little kids uh, play with puzzle pieces so they can emulate the, the original photograph or picture in the puzzle pieces when they're fully assembled, usually shown on the box of the puzzle pieces. But puzzle pieces are not meant to, to forever stay in a random mess, so you can't understand what the, what the whole point of the puzzle piece picture is. Well, it's the same with looking at the stuff around Maui and uh, the way the news footage is carrying it. It's, it's they're operating as if they're under some kind of authoritative command where they're not allowed to offer up uh, verbal analysis on the air, uh, critique on the air, examination of what happened on the air. It's as if they have been muzzled, that the mainstream media is acting with enormous power, but they're acting like actors 
and speakers that have been muzzled, that they have been told what they can say and what they cannot say, and they have been told you don't go into certain areas, you don't ask certain questions if you want your job. So the great mass of Americans is still addicted to, I don't know, this, the, the ratio is changing, thankfully, thank God, because of people like you. The ratio of people that are asleep versus those people that are starting to become wide awake is changing every day. There's a, there's a critical mass of transformation out there in which, at a certain point, uh, the number of people who, who, who know what's happening, the number of people who can see through the illusion, uh, the number of people who can actually perceive what's happening begins to exceed the number of people who are in a trance state who can't see the obvious right in front of them. Now, for decades and decades in America, the way it has been, and many of you know what I'm talking about, but because of the kind of career path I have had, um, I have encountered this phenomenon in the American people, and, and people in other nations too. It's even worse in some of the European nations. Um, I've encountered this, this uh, artificial contentment to be deaf, dumb, and blind. I mean, I don't know how else to say it, but it is an artificial contentment to be deaf, dumb, and blind. And anybody, I mean, this is going back decades into my work, my research, my call, my ministry, my earliest books. I've written 46 books. But it was always, every single book since the beginning book, and then actually the second book, uh, Evangelizing the New Age, was uh, written in part after I had done research with my own life experiences, but it was in part, my book, my second book was in part written and finalized on the island of Maui in uh, the area that is now burned up. Lahaina. And we, we were taking numerous uh, sailboats, and that, you know, anyone who's had the privilege to be in a sailboat in the ocean or a gigantic lake or whatever, a large sailboat, I mean, it's just, it's exhilarating, it's euphoric. So again, those are very warm memories. And in fact, you know, and many people I know have fantasized about living in Maui. I fantasized about living in Maui. I know some people, uh, one guy in particular who may be listening, hello, David, it's good to, to I think you're alive because I've seen your uh, social media posts. So uh, assuming you are alive, thank God you're alive, brother. And you're the one I was thinking of because of your social media posts. But people like him who went to live in Maui, so Maui was, was a place that drew people from all over the world. It was one of the largest uh, tourist destinations in the world, Lahaina, that whole area that was burnt up. And then, not so publicly known, there, there has been in recent years, and with increasing frequency in the last several years, almost uh, what, what looks like a migration of super billionaire trillionaires buying up unbelievably massive uh, acres, farms, uh, you know, like, like gentleman farms, you know, it's like, like they work, they're, they're organic and stuff, but they're, they're always like 
I mean, the billionaires aren't digging in the dirt and the billionaires aren't squeezing the, the, the cows, you know what, to, to produce milk. Uh, so, in addition, they have these mansions, these palatial ma- mansions, but they also have palatial mountains. Uh, in, in certain cases, they have palatial, palatial mansions built deep under the surface in palatial bunkers. Now, when I say the bunkers that are built on the properties and the mansions of these billionaires and trillionaires that that are that have made Maui their new home base, um, I'm not talking about you know uh, some guy who's a survivalist or a family that are survivalists and stuff. These people have the economic power of of the kings and queens of previous empires. And so they build these huge, massive, palatial interiors with uh, indoor underground forests and trees and flowers. And I mean, it's like it's like they built an, an alternative world. That, and, and it's so huge in physical uh, expansion, but it's all deep under the earth in, in what loosely could be called a giant underground super bunker. And it's their place of refuge. You see, if all America goes to hell, if all America turns into a, a, the equivalent of a third world communist revolution nation, where total lawlessness is unleashed, martial law is declared, military rule, uh, roving gangs uh, from the cartels, Roving gangs with sex trafficking, roving gangs for just smashing in middle class houses and decimating people. I mean, it's gruesome and stuff. You know, I'm not trying to just frighten you arbitrarily, but you need to read my book, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, because I open this up for you. I make the reader look at what happens if America goes down in a fully researched and fully explored sequence when a society collapses due to a series of catastrophic events, like an EMP, like a nuke going off. So in my books, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, I I give you that information because you need to see it. You need to be able to actually smell it until it becomes alive to you. And then the same is true in The Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1, and then Volume 2. And of course, power from on high deals with this. And uh, all of these books, super discount right now. Take advantage of it. It's not not the super discount. We can't go on forever, essentially giving away the books at a loss. Uh, because but the goal is ministry. The goal has never been money. It never will be money. But money is a necessary thing you need to print books and et cetera, et cetera to stay on social media. Social media is not free if you're spread out on, like, I don't know how many social media platforms we're on, but we're on a lot. And so when you're spread out on that kind of uh, intense social media exposure, uh, social media isn't free. And on top of that, you're constantly being attacked. I just got a threat letter uh, from one of the big social media things. that I can't talk about, what was it? They thought I used the, they thought I used the word vaccination. I don't even know if I used the word vaccination in in the video that they were threatening me over. 
But, 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 but just for the sake of argument, why is mentioning vaccination worthy of getting you banned or taken down off of social media? What are they so scared of? You see, the overreaction by the media, internet media as well as mainstream media, their overreaction, their Hitlerian Nazi clampdown on freedom of speech over what should be totally allowable uh, words to discuss, like vaccination, it reveals something about them. And what it reveals is that they're up to no good. I mean, use your common sense. The only reason that they would be censoring people like me and others who are speaking the truth, the only reason they would be censoring us is because they're scared. If we were lying, they would be scared. They wouldn't be censoring us. You know why? Because any idiot, and again, I'm not trying to put people down, but any idiot could figure out that we're telling the truth because all the facts happen to be in our corner. The facts that include videos and pictures and statements from witnesses, etc., etc. All the facts would prove that we're speaking the truth. So that's why they're attacking the speakers of truth, because they're at war with the truth. And when there's an organized group of people that is at war with the truth, if you have any knowledge of the Bible whatsoever, you also understand that if a people group uh, forms or gathers and, and decides to be at war with the truth, those people, whether they're intellectuals or scientists or politicians or military people or intelligent people, whatever they are, whoever they are, if they are at war with the truth, generally speaking, they are motivated by the spirit of Antichrist. And that's where we enter the dimension of intense spiritual warfare. Okay, so this my second book, and in the studio here I have it up on the shelf behind me, Evangelizing the New Age. The Power of the Gospel Invades the New Age Movement, forward by Jack W. Hayford. And uh, I'm trying to see. We don't offer this book, so I'm not trying to sell you a book. I'm just bringing this up as a historical reference. So sometimes it may sound like, oh, and he's making a book blog. Well, let's, yeah, sometimes that's true. Sometimes that's true. That's true. But sometimes I'm making an historical reference. And the importance of my books in making an historical reference is they have a copyright date. And this is legal proof that I said what I said when I said it. So I'm not just some, you know, Johnny-come-lately who uh, decided to get into the social media internet world uh, and become an overnight expert in, you know, whatever, by, by in some cases, plagiarizing other people's work. And, and and I'm not mad. Actually, I'm not mad at that because at least the information is getting out there. So, because God's not going to bless me. If I have a heart and a mind that is so myopic and so petty that I'm more concerned about my, uh, you know, where I am in, 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 in the history of <laughs> conspiracies. Believe me, it's not a it's not a title that that brings you tremendous acclaim. Okay, so this book, Evangelizing the New Age, was written. It was published. The copyright date is 1989. Now, this was just one of many times that I went to Lahaina in Maui, and uh, in uh, uh, Charisma Magazine, which is a very very large and influential. Uh, Christian magazine. The publisher is Stephen Strang, who is a friend of mine, and he uh, 
Charisma published a huge major feature story on me and my research on the New Age movement in Maui because his article included several full-page color photos of me. And one of the full-page color photos was me sailing a sailboat in Maui, which is right off. I mean, we boarded the sailboat uh, in docks that were part of the Lahaina docks. So again, that, that place, you know, is embedded with priceless memories. Now, I happen to see video footage and photographs that they're not showing you in the mainstream media of what happened in Maui. And it's brutal. I found it brutal to watch because they were showing me angles and pictures and close-ups of the devastation. And my mind kept flipping back to what those areas looked like when I used to walk on the streets of Lahaina with my kids and my wife. And there's something about when you're when you're flip-flopping in your mind, going back to the warm uh, memories of you and your family walking around Lahaina and Maui. And then when you're looking at what those same areas that you used to walk on or sail on or whatever, um, they're just, this is beyond the black and white pictures you see of the, the World War II bombings when, for example, the Nazis would bomb out entire cities in Europe. They were using rockets, but the rockets they were using did not apparently generate even near the power, whatever it was. Now, so, so this is the, this, now we're tiptoeing into the bottom line. Whatever it was, the, 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 the mainstream media narrative, the official public narrative uh, of what happened is, is rather vague. And it, it, it's assuming there was some kind of stormy winds or whatever propelling the flames, propelling the heat. And these stormy winds uh, continue to spread the fires and spread the heat at record speeds. Uh, throughout Lahaina and Maui, Lahaina, Maui, okay? That's the official narrative. But the problem with that official narrative is it, it, it's a narrative that defies physics and defies engineering because there's no way a, a physical atmospheric storm could have whipped up heat three times hotter than a house fire and go throughout Lahaina, and almost pristinely level to gray ashes and dust all these houses, and you see like a row of four houses decimated, devastated in, in, in gray dust, everything just ashes in the ground. And then after you looked at four houses, there would be like two houses that totally green laws, uh, green lawns. And nothing was was touched. They were pristine. They were like nothing touched their houses. And as you looked from an aerial point of view, and I was able to look at a very powerful aerial point of view uh, through the lens of uh, various satellites, because various satellites were either aimed or aimed after or during or whatever. Various satellites, there were multiple sat satellites that were giving us 
a view from outer space where you could see the islands down below. And then as these satellite cameras moved in, as they zoomed in, they brought you closer and closer and closer to, but, but, un, but crystal clear closer. They brought you down to the street level of Lahaina and Maui. And from this unique vantage point of literally, it was like flying above Lahaina and Maui, uh, you could see clearly a, a continuing pattern that was repeated uh, all over Lahaina, as you saw, as I saw these satellite videos and satellite photos. And what I saw was there would be constant rows of houses that were like just piles of gray dust. And then there would be, you know, one, two or three houses that were totally untouched. Or there'd be houses on one side of the street that were just pulverized into dust. And then the houses on the other side of the street, it's like nobody touched them. And, and given the present amount of information that we are trying to make our opinions based on, that doesn't seem to add up. Normal fires that produce, you know, fires produced by wind and storms, etc., don't surgically wipe out and decimate row after row of houses and then all of a sudden stop decimating these houses and then leave other houses totally alone and untouched and preserved. But they didn't do it just once. It was like certain houses were like, now what I'm giving you is right now I'm departing from simply sharing uh, what I saw with my eyes. But before I change gears here, no man-made fire, no storm blowing uh, fire and sparks could have produced uh, all these houses and homes and stuff into into decimated dust and rubble. Okay, so this whatever this was, I don't think that scientifically you could call it a fire generated by a storm or sparks or or you know hot winds or anything of that nature. Because the level of the heat produced by this fire went far beyond and exceeded far beyond the, the high temperatures of any of these other forms of, of generating fires. This was something like almost superhuman. Okay, in addition, normal nature generated or even man generated through accidents, fires burn everything in their path unless. The, that, that what's on their path is uh, fireproof, totally fireproof, like in the case metal should withstand uh, a fire. But in this case, you'll see metal that is dust. Now, that begs the question, what is the real nature and the origination of the fire? It appears, from casual observation and common sense, it appears that the question has to be asked, was there some kind of technology that we, the public, generally don't know about? Was there some kind of destructive technology used on Lahaina and Maui, which caused this precision burning and precision uh, wiping out of certain locations and preserving other locations? 
because really the only explanation for the level of intense heat, the only explanation can't be found in any natural phenomenon. So it brings us into an area that the Lord has had me research. Remember, I told you many times over the years that the Lord led me specifically to research frequencies and electromagnetic frequencies. And this is, by now, it's quite a few years since the Lord told me to research frequencies. Well, that was like, the research of frequencies was like a portal opened, which caused me to research related or connected fields of study and research to frequencies. And I'm specifically talking about now, um, I'm talking about what the military re refers to as directed energy weapons. D-E-W, directed energy weapons, which the mainstream media and, and the military essentially deny exist publicly, but on a more private level. On a more private level, they publish research papers on it. It has been used by our military. It has been used by other major militaries across the world. And a directed energy weapon is literally a weapon that is it's like a futuristic science a futuristic scientific and technological weapon where a blast a laser like blast of various kinds of energies can be beamed in a particular location and the directed energy weapons fire an energy that is essentially top secret and it's related to Nikola Tesla's energy, which is scalar technology. It generates scalar waves. Uh, it's related to 5G technology, um, and it's related to other technologies, which it's, you know, top secret. But it appears that that's where the answer to the question, what caused these fires, the answer, I don't think, can be found in, in the traditional assumptions of fire wind, you know, storms, and the spreading of sparks and stuff. The answer is found, or will be found, when they publicly decide to open the door and reveal the fact that there was the usage of directed energy weapons, which caused this, this nightmare in Lahaina, Maui. Now, so I've been researching directed energy weapons, 5G frequencies, for decades now, writing about it in my books. I think I start, first started writing about them in a public way. Oh, in many places. One would be, of course, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1. Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 2. And then I continued to write about it in Mass Awakening, The Greatest Battle, Power from on High, Conquering the Matrix, and uh, other books. And uh, because the field kept deepening. From the time that the Lord told me to research frequencies, it was shortly after that that the whole 5G phenomena took off. And to me, that was a flashing red light that something was very dangerous. Because I know I review all of this very simply with documentation in the books I just shared with you, which you can get at a discount now at paulmcguire.us. So the bottom line is this. All of our cell phones have been working on, you know, anywhere from 1, 2, 3G to 4G. 
However, when cell phones and Wi-Fi and laptops and computers and stuff, when they take the jump into the realm of 5G, something dramatically changes between 4G and 5G. And I can't tell you the, in detail the technical reasons for why it happens, but it happens. When you begin to generate um, and you move up from 4G or 3G cell towers, and then you move into 5G cell towers, the, the promise you're being given is faster video uploads, downloads, um, faster internet searching, far higher, clearer, sharper resolutions, better colors. It's kind of a, it's kind of a internet, it's kind of a cell phone operating on super speed. So that's the selling point. Faster, better, clearer, or sharper. But what they fail to tell you, and I explain this in those books, you need to get them and read them, because guess what? I guarantee you, among the audience that I'm talking to now on the Paul McGuire Report, there is a very significant number of you listening to me now who either you are personally suffering from an entire spectrum of sicknesses, psychological problems, um, medical problems, autoimmune diseases, that you are either suffering from a variety of these things or a loved one you know is suffering from a variety of strange medical conditions like, you know, the vast spectrum of autoimmune diseases. Now, this is why, though. You haven't been told the truth. The truth is that 5G cell towers, 5G cell towers, 5G Wi-Fi, 5G transmissions, what happens when you move up into 5G power, you've got to understand that the U.S. military and militaries around the world, they operate in 5G uh, power. So a directed energy weapon initially is a weapon that is publicly promoted as a better kinds of uh, communication, and they leave out the word weapon, or it is known as a non-lethal weapon. So using what looks like a flat-screen television mounted to a military jeep or a military vehicle, they turn this giant rectangular army green flat screen in the direction of a crowd or protesters or rioters or whatever, and they send them a blast of 5G energy, and the people go berserk. They run. They feel like they've been set on fire, and they run as fast as they possibly can away from the direction where the energy beam is heading them. So it's used for what, quote, they call non-lethal crowd dispersal. However, if you were to turn that same uh, 5G directed energy weapon, non-lethal, and turn it up higher than merely crowd dispersal, you could aim it at people and they would drop dead with heart attacks. They would drop dead with seizures. And if you turned up the intensity of the directed energy weapon even higher, it would begin to melt or uh, uh, disintegrate physical targets, physical structures would dissolve and melt as they're being hit by a directed energy beam weapon. That the technology comes out of 5G cell technology. And then, of course, there's 6G and other things. Then there's entirely different kinds of technologies. But the point is, if you merely observe and study 
the, the vast number of medical reports and research, the vast number of technological research regarding directed energy weapons, you will discover that they can, they can be used from anywhere from giving people heart attacks. The Russians used it. Cubans used it to get Americans sick at, at uh, the, the uh, diplomatic uh, stations for America. Many of the uh, American citizens working in, in, as diplomats were coming down with cancers and other diseases because they were subtly being bathed with a low-level uh, directed energy beam weapon that caused them to develop cancers over time. So it can produce disease. And you turn it up even higher, it can disintegrate material objects like buildings and houses and cars. And, but you're not told that. So right here, you have initial foundational proof of what is very likely going on. Since these weapons exist, they, they really are no longer in the realm of science fiction type weapons, science fiction type technologies. These are actual weaponry that are being used now. And there's such a wide variety of mechanisms and, and technology that is used to carry the 5G uh, directed energy weapons. So you can, you can mount them in planes and fly over an area and zap out all the houses, homes, and people. You can uh, uh, fly them in helicopters and blast a coastline with directed energy beam weapons. You can uh, uh, use one or more satellites simultaneously to, to fire down upon the Earth uh, in a very precise target area range. You can blast the Earth and vaporize the Earth from outer space through satellites that carry directed energy beam weapons, not to mention all the portable vehicles like well, the, the, the vast variety of military vehicles, uh, boats, aircraft carriers, destroyers. Well, every military has its own uh, enormous stockpile of like futuristic weapons, and directed energy uh, beam weapons is a critical uh, military asset. So when you look at the devastation, which appears to be impossible from any natural means, it appears at least possible as a possibility at least as a as a jumping point which should demand investigation into the truth. It appears that what happened in Lahaina uh, was possibly potentially in the area of a directed energy beam weapon, so that brings you to the big question: why who would possibly want to disintegrate Lahaina and Maui? I've heard from people who are uh, charged with going through the rubble of burnt houses. They're looking, they're trying to find dead bodies. And then they have the challenge of attempting to identify the dead bodies. And they can't do it because when they actually find what appears to be a dead body, all it is is a giant pile of dust uh, and burnt up dust. That, that has been so vaporized and so destroyed that there's no DNA left in this pile of dust that was once a human being. So you can't 
identify who they are. Now, if you can find somebody whose dental work still remains, you can, through dental work, identify dead body. But many times the dental work is melted or dispersed or dissolved. And so they're having a massive challenge in that they, they're finding bodies, but the bodies are now just piles of dust. And if you just barely touch these bodies as piles of dust, they just disintegrate all over the place. So they're having a very difficult time properly identifying the names of people and houses and bodies that they find. If, by the way, there are, there's even a pile of disintegrated dust left uh, that suggests the human body was there. So workers charged with going in there have had enormous difficulty trying to get the DNA, trying to get, uh, in some cases, there's, uh, they've brought in dogs, and in some cases, as these dogs are sniffing to find bodies, the dogs will find uh, a body that is essentially almost completely disintegrated. But there may be some tiny body part, like some tiny toe or finger or whatever, some tiny piece of a human body left. And so they collect that tiny piece of human remains that hasn't been vaporized so they can get into a laboratory and uh, gather its DNA and try to identify who this person once was. So again, the question is, why would you use, if, if this is a plausible theory for what really happened, why wouldn't it be the subject of a, ma a major investigation? Everything is always covered up. And you know what? When things are always covered up, the only reason human beings cover things up is because something dirty, something dark, something evil happened, and other people, the people involved in the evil and the dark deeds, they don't want to know, they don't want anybody else to know what really happened. So they engage in the proverbial cover-up of the crime. And so, so that's, this is an age-long historical perspective of mankind. Whenever mankind or a nation or a people did something very evil and very wrong, they also always try to cover it up. And so if it's true that, Amer uh, uh, that Maui, Lahaina Maui, was subject to energy-directed weapons and the bodies were vaporized, if this was done by some dark cabal, some dark group, they would want to cover up their crimes. So then you control the, the ebb and flow of traffic coming in and out of Lahaina. You lock down areas, and that's what's happening right now. It's like a military operation. People who actually live there are new people who live there or, or who own houses there or whatever. They can't get in or out of, the, certain, of many areas. Food can't be brought in many times. Government agencies have put a lockdown on certain kinds of food being imported. And if you don't buy the food that you're bringing in, uh, through you know registered food companies, uh, pre-approved food companies, you know they're regulating everything. It's like a, it's a, like a police state, and so the, the more resourceful people in Lahaina and Maui have devised all these ways where they're deliberately not relying on government agencies to help them, because their experience so far is that they're not helping the people. They're just 
uh, raising obstructions. So these people in Lahaina and Maui, what they're doing is they're getting like jet ski, large jet skis, and erecting these like, they look like, uh, you know, the Eskimos had those long, I don't know what you call them, sleds. The Eskimos would, would go through the ice and, uh, you know, some kind of animal, team of animals or, or dogs would pull uh, the, the sleds through the ice and then they would create kind of like a what looked like a, a, a little bridge between uh, one sled and another. And the, the, the bridge between one sled and another would be packed with food and supplies and medical equipment and other things that they needed to survive. So that was their their transportation system, their trucking system, if you will. So these brave entrepreneur types got tired of being shut down by various government agencies and told they can't come in with perfectly good food and stuff like that. So they are going to another island to get food supplies, medical supplies, bottled water, etc. And the way they're uh, going out and going in to Maui and, and near Lahaina is they they've constructed these uh, these large well, not large, these long, slim boats where there's a uh, jet ski in the front and a jet ski in the back. And they're going to these nearby islands, to Maui, to get supplies. And then they're shipping the supplies, the food, medical, and other supplies from these other islands via this, you know, jet ski trucking system with two uh, jet skis and then you know, carefully watertight packages of foods and supplies. And so that's been really helping a lot of people. But again, why the stonewalling of people? Why the shutting down of all kinds of things that make no apparent sense? And in addition to that, and I'm going to deliberately refrain from naming a name, but there, there are more than one conspicuous figure involved in this. And this particular conspicuous figure was involved in other certain operations of, of a very dark nature. And ironically, this conspicuous figure um, is at the scene in uh, Maui and Lahaina. Now, I'm not going to go any farther than that for obvious reasons. but. When you add up all these things, it, 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 it shapes a very suspicious, very conspicuous, very dark picture of potentially, potentially, let me emphasize, potentially what happened. Okay, this is the Paul McGuire report on Paul McGuire. Telling the truth is a war. You're fighting a war every day when you get on the microphone, because every day you're putting out ideas, you're sharing truth, which contains light, and there are powerful forces, both natural and supernatural that want to oppose you, because we are in, in case you haven't realized it by now, we are in the middle of the greatest battle for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world. That's why I wrote The Get Great Battle. So I need your help. Uh, we've had uh, rebuilding uh, challenges with our, our studio and things like that that are both technical and, and for other reasons, and uh, other problems that that have made us... Uh, have to fight harder and to become more determined to achieve the goals we have, which is to communicate the truth, both spiritually and physically, to as many people as possible. 
in as fast a time period as possible because things are starting to speed up. And we're going to get into it in a moment as to what that exactly means. So I need you to go before the Lord and ask the Lord what he would have you donate or contribute financially to Paul McGuire Ministries and Paradise Mountain Church. I need you to be an intercessory prayer for us and everybody involved in this ministry. I need you to continue. And thank you for your, your real aggressiveness in this. Aggressiveness, I thank you for giving aggressively. I thank you for praying aggressively. And I thank you for uh, signing up, liking, following our our social media pages. What you're doing is causing us to start to break the ice on a rigged system. And rigging, by the way, is another way you can suppress voices that are telling the real truth. you got to be careful. I'm not going to name this guy's name, but he's now become a very well-known name of somebody in the entertainment business. and. Um, this individual is now promoting himself as kind of a organic, libertarian, radical activist that you can trust. I happen to know something about this individual. And this individual has some conspicuous connections and some conspicuous relations with these high-level British and American, they call them think tanks, but they're really... Uh, advanced programming centers which utilize MK Ultra technology, utilize technology that brainwashes and controls people. Um, and uh, this person is not who he pretends to be. In fact, if you read between the lines regarding his relationship with his former wife, you see clues as to who this guy is allied with. And by the way, he's very sophisticated, and he's very good at what he does. So you can't dismiss him as just a wacko, because he's very, he, again, it's a compliment, but in terms of his craft, in terms of his ability, he's very talented, very good, and very sophisticated. But one of his primary goals is because the way they work the internet system, which is rigged, is they will, if you are saying, if you are speaking the propaganda and the social engineering that, that they want spoken, they will secretly and usually through a hidden manner escalate, promote your career, give you artificially powerful visibility, rig your numbers so they look astronomical. And so they will, in a sense, literally create you. And to use a word from times past, they will create you, they will puff you, they will promote you, they will raise you up. And the really good ones, the ones at the top of their game, are the ones that have penetrated alternative media. They have managed to convince people who are in alternative media, who are more conspiracy theorist oriented, they've managed to convince all those demographics that they are one of them. But they're not one of them. They're really from the, the puppet master controllers, except they know how to present information with a very clever mixture of disinformation, diversion, uh, Operation Mockingbird techniques, which is when the CIA first it was publicly discovered that the CIA. I write all about that in my book, Conquering the Matrix. Operation Mockingbird, where the CIA penetrates the highest levels of journalism, publishing, 
newspapers, radio, magazines, television, and every form of communications. And what when these people, these agents, penetrate these organizations, they will speak the language necessary to attract what let's call it the conservative, religious, more truth-oriented audiences. And then these people will not, they won't be blabbing away like every five seconds trying to push you into a liberal diversionary agenda or trying to push propaganda. They may even give you excellent truth, excellent facts, and excellent information over and over again. Because the way the game works is they bide their time very carefully. They're very patient. And so they're used at key turning points in our society. So like when information like what I've been presenting today on the Paul McGuire Report gets out there, that influences the American population. Now, they will be all along on, on lesser important topics. They will be convincing their audiences that they're one of them. But at these key shockwave moments where there's a potential turning point in Americans waking up, they will slide in very stealth-like and just turn the steering wheel a few degrees and, and function as a diversionary agent of information and communication, diverting the viewer and listener away from the truth into some kind of propagandist script. And you have to be very careful because it's not just the attack from the so-called right-wing establishment, conservatives, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's the what appears to be the subversive internal attacks by highly paid professionals who masquerade as if they're just like you or me, but in reality, they are agents, paid agents of those that want to destroy us and to destroy America. And, they're, and Christians especially, and conservatives, really need to sharpen up their perceptive skills and learn how to discern the difference between the real thing, somebody who's real, and somebody who is an agent of illusion or a diversionary agent. I mean, it's essential. If we're going to turn America around, the level of discernment must be raised critically. There will be no survival unless you can tell the difference between the counterfeit and the real thing. So that's why I need your help and I need your prayers. I'm the real thing. I've been around for decades. My, My statements and words you can check up on. I'm not Johnny-come-lately. I didn't reinvent myself three years ago or two years ago and suddenly become a prophecy expert or get into the area of conspiracy research. I just didn't pop out of nowhere. People know me. You can go back a long time in America. Major leaders know me. People know me. Some of them are passed on and are with the Lord, but some of the strongest, most authoritative Christian leaders in America have publicly endorsed and supported my ministry for decades. People like Dr. Jack Hayford and, and uh, Chuck Smith of Calvary Chapel and many others, uh, Dr. D. James Kennedy. See, so I have a legacy in people, the ones that are still alive, that goes back decades. And so I'm a knowable quantity. And therefore, I'm not an illusion. I'm real. You know what I'm saying? I'm real. So, but I've been around long enough to know, to, to be able to recognize the counterfeits. Because they reveal themselves, but you just but they will sucker in uh, those that are naive and, and can't discern. Okay, we need to expose more of what's happening here because this is part of a global agenda. What's happening in America now is happening in different ways and different forms 
all over planet Earth at an accelerated rate. Why? I'm going to explain to you why it's happening, and then I'm going to encourage you to do some homework for yourself. This is Paul McGuire. Be sure to visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. And we'll be back in just a moment. This is the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. I'm looking at a picture of a document, a publication that I believe was released in uh, 2017. And the title of the document is called Weather as a Force Multiplier, Owning the Weather in 2025. And according to this weather modification report, which was put together by the U.S. Air Force, document A5-2025 final report, um, it essentially is announcing that um, the, the U.S. Air Force and the U.S. military will, quote, own the weather by 2025. Now, owning the weather means literally what it says, owning the weather. And that's because they have at their disposal an enormous array of highly advanced science fiction-like technologies which can control, uh, cause to happen, all kinds of weather conditions. So the weather can be weaponized. They can generate storms artificially. They can generate droughts artificially. But you see, you can't move forward in understanding what's really going on if you don't understand that it is a 100% fact that weather modification weapons exist, that directed energy weapons exist. This is not a conspiracy theory, as the mainstream media and other propagandists would tell you. If you want to know if somebody's lying, listen to them talk. And if they're telling you that it's a conspiracy theory, they're lying, because it's not a conspiracy theory. It's a documented fact that weather modification weapons exist, directed energy weapons exist, an entire spectrum of different kinds of directed energy weapons. And this was acknowledged by uh, the United Nations and, and all kinds of groups. So in, in 2025, U.S. Air Force, uh, aerospace forces can, quote, own the weather by capitalizing on emergency technologies and focusing development on those technologies to warfighting applications. Such a capability offers the warfighter tools to shape the battle space in ways never before possible. It provides opportunities to impact operations across the full spectrum of conflict and is pertinent to all possible futures. The purpose of this paper is to outline a strategy for the use of a future weather modification system to to achieve military objectives rather than to provide a detailed technical map. Okay, so this is coming from the official U.S. Air Force document, again, AF-2025 final report. So so there's numerous documentations out there about the reality of weather modification weapons. They're documented. They're real. I'm looking at pictures of them right now. And this is from a report written by the Air Force itself. So you can't use the argument that weather modification weapons is a conspiracy theory. And lying would include behavior of the mainstream media, mainstream institutions, which never whisper a breath about the well-known reality of weather modification weapons and directed energy weapons. So you have a problem here. 
There, there, there are powerful people that don't want you to know, even though on one hand, they publicly announce it. On the other hand, they publicly suppress the knowledge that they, that they announce. So you've got to keep up, up to speed, and, and you have to be able to conceptualize and think about things in terms of existing technologies. So, for example, uh, if you go back to the year 1996, when the, uh, the weather uh, transformation technology called HARP, the HARP program, uh, was already fully operational, um, and this was documented in the CBC documentary. And what the HARP system does, which is located up there in Alaska, the HARP system um, allows the military to weaponize the weather as an instrument of modern warfare. And so they built and created uh, advanced capabilities that enable uh, the military to alter weather patterns. And the technology was initially developed in the 1990s under the High Frequency Active Oral Research Program also known as HARP, and it was part of the Strategic Defense Initiative, the Star Wars Initiative, and from a military standpoint, HARP, which was officially abolished. Technically, it's not supposed to be running. I'll leave it up to you to figure out whether it's running or not. But the technology um, um, is that uh, HARP was operational as of the mid-1990s, and it's a matter of dispute of its, of it, if it is still operational. But the point is, whether it's operational or not, this technology goes back to the very building of uh, uh, weather modification weapons. Now, a famous scientist, a U.S. mathematician, a famous um, uh, computer scientist uh, working with the U.S. Department of Defense started John von Neumann. By the way, uh, was another scientist that was a hero of mine when I was a young kid, devouring every biography of every great scientist I could get my hands on in the public library. So John von Neumann uh, is the, was the brain, the genius behind all this, the evil genius, you could say. So he began his weather modification research in the late 1940s. Now let me say it again: weather modification technology and directed energy weapon technology started, the research started in the 1940s. This goes way back. This is not new, okay? And that's why it's factual. So um, what they did beginning in the 1940s um, and then during the Vietnam War era, they began to experiment with cloud seeding techniques which were used in the 1967 uh, military operation called Project Popeye. And the goal was to prolong the monsoon season so that the enemy, uh, which was the Viet Cong, uh, the, the Viet Cong, their supply routes would be blocked along the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Okay? Now, from that to the present moment, there's been the exponential growth of energy weapons, all kinds of energy weapons. 
So here I'm looking at uh, what's called NMOD, E-N-M-O-D, which means environmental modification techniques constitute instruments of weather warfare. Now, what, what, what this means is what is being, what has been sold to people as uh, merely environmental modification techniques, that's just E-N-M-O-D. Environmental modification techniques is just a sneaky, dirty, lying, twisted way of saying what it really is and what an NMOD really is or an environmental modification technique really is, is it's part of a domestic and international security that would constitute instruments of weather warfare. So even though it's, it's publicly called environmental modification techniques, NMOD, the reality is, that's a, just a cover-up word for the technology, the reality is, is that this technology is weather warfare, and they are part of uh, military forces all over the world. Different powerful nations have various weather modification warfare technologies. So. Uh, a special study commissioned by the U.S. Air Force, which was entitled Weather as a Force Multiplier, Owning the Weather in 2025, published on August 1996. And uh, the, the U.S. Air Force is boasting that they're going to own and control the weather so that the weather can be completely manufactured, controlled, modified, and programmed by new technologies. These new technologies, once again, are not in the future. They are now. So I want you to examine some of the facts and the background uh, regarding these climate change, directed energy weapons, and places like Maui on, on Hawaii. Um, because when you, when you understand what's going on in the background, it helps you to, to bring into focus what's happening right in front of you. So the backdrop of all of this is this UN Agenda 2030, where they plan to completely reset, they call it the Great Reset, and they want to uh, reset planet Earth, reset America, uh, reset specific locations, and Maui was specifically listed as one of the prime locations that was targeted for uh, massive so-called environmental transformation before this terrible fire broke out. It appears that there's like a master plan, a diabolical master plan behind all this. So again, let's look at the big picture, which involves a globalist elite, people like Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, and their plan for a great reset. And they want to tear down existing cities, existing social structures all over the world, all over America, and radically transform them into like totalitarian-style smart cities. Okay? So if you, if you begin from 2020 with, with the launching of the UN Agenda 2030, and most of this is platformed or outlined on the UN Agenda 2030 document, so none of this should be a surprise to you because you were actually given a heads up about what was going to come. So the UN Agenda 2030 uh, has nothing to do with the, the level of CO2 
and climate change. That's all disinformation. But what it has to do with is this fact, which which they're not really uh, talking about publicly. You know, they're talking about the, the great uh, UN Agenda 2030, but they're not disclosing what that really means. And what that really means is that we've had forest fires all over the United States, all over the world, all over Southern California, where we're located. Massive forest fires. Okay? But the cause of the massive forest fires have been paid arsonists. In other words, somebody was paying operatives all over the world to light massive fires. But in addition to that, the usage of military-grade directed energy weapons, known as DO, and other means of environmental modification technologies, or NMOD. And remember, directed energy weapons are first and foremost weapons, and environmental modification NMOD technologies are not just modification. This is such George Orwell, brave new world, upside down thinking and talking. That's what propaganda and mind control is. You, you have a statement that is a total lie in and of itself. So let me give you an example. They, they call this environmental modifications technologies or NMOD. That's not what it is at all. What, what is known, what they're calling an environmental modification NMOD technology, that's upside down, backwards thinking. What environmental modification NMOD technology really is, it's a weapon. It's a directed energy weapon. Yeah, you'll change the environment. Like right now, the environment of Lahaina on Maui is radically changed. It could have been, I don't know, potentially, from an environmental modification Edmond technology. Because it did produce this massive modification or radical change in the environment. Yeah, you saw the pictures of the radical change of the environment in Lahaina. They burned the whole place down to a crisp, to a bunch of dust. They vaporized the place. And don't tell me that all of this had to do with, with stormy weather and hot weather. I can give you some statistics. In fact, I'm going to give you two st statistics so you get a real feel for what really happened. And remember who your friends are in life in general. When people or an institution or an organization or a system or, or whatever is lying to you constantly at your detriment, that is not your friend. And let me say it again, because some people seem to think the media is their friend. They are not your friend. They are your enemy. They are going to destroy you. They've written about it in their publications. They plan to reduce the population of planet Earth. They said it on the Georgia uh, Guidestones before they tore it down recently. They said, we're going to reduce the population of planet Earth from 7 billion people down to 500 million people. Well, how do you think they're going to reduce the population? You're looking at it piece by piece. Okay, I want to I go to this next thing here, just to give you an idea. Okay, so the big lie is that the uh, fire in Maui, the destruction of Lahaina, the big lie is that this was all caused by climate change, which is a complete psychotic breakdown lie, a breakdown from reality, a total lie. And the mainstream media and other institutions and organizations are, are pumping those lies out. And those are the people that are not your friends. Wake up. They're not reliable. They're not trustworthy. I mean, how many times does a guy or a girl marry a guy or a girl or whatever these days, and their spouse cheats on them? 
oh, honey, I promise I'll never do it again. And then they cheat on them. Well, at a certain point, you got to do something about it because words are cheap. Anybody can say, I'm sorry, or cover something up. But at a certain point, maybe immediately, you wouldn't tolerate a chouse, a chouse, <laughs> a spouse cheating on you. You wouldn't tolerate it. Of course you wouldn't. And so these institutions and media and agencies are lying to you. The United Nations, diabolical, something out of a James Bond movie, incredible evil. Okay, so let's look at some facts here, all right? So we know that climate change did not uh, uh, cause the uh, Maui Lahaina fire, all right? And then the the idea of, of this mythological hurricane to the south of Hawaii uh, they're trying to say that caused the climate change fires in Maui, is, is nonsensical and violates all known science, okay? According to the past weather uh, graphs of that area, the temperature in Lahaina and Maui was at 88 degrees, which, was, which is normal, not excessively hot. It's normal for that time of year. And then the so-called dangerous hurricane, Hurricane Dora, never made, never came to the island of Maui or to Lahaina. So this, this Hurricane Dora never reached Maui or Lahaina. And it, it actually moved 500 miles south of Hawaii um, and, and did not generate the, 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 the winds that caused the fire. And then let's, let's look at this scientific fact. A normal fast fire can travel up to 14 miles per hour. Okay, so a normal fast fire travels at up to 14 miles per hour. Now, the Maui fire was stated to be traveling at 60 miles per hour. You've driven a car. You've driven at 14 miles an hour. You know what it feels like. You know what it, how fast stuff moves by you when you're driving at 14 miles an hour. Okay? That's a normal fast fire. That's, that's the speed that a normal fast fire uh, moves at. But this Maui fire was traveling at 60 miles an hour. You know how fast 60 miles an hour is when you're driving in a car. The, 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 the stuff is speeding by you. Well, a fire, a massive fire coming at you at 60, at 60 miles per hour is a wall of death. I mean, there's no way to, to describe that. And you certainly saw none of that reported in the, the publicly media you know, uh, videos that they showed. They didn't show the intensity of how fast this thing moved at 60 miles an hour. But it explains a lot, doesn't it? It explains a lot. Now. Climate change, the directed energy weapons do, are built, and they can create forests and bushfires, destroying cities and igniting boats in the sea. So you ask yourself the question, when I was doing research in Maui decades ago, sailing on a sailboat uh, off the coast of Lahaina, by the way, um, you know, the boat went out fairly uh, far in the ocean, and I, I can imagine, in retrospect, that boat would have burst into flames, uh, even though it was far off the coast of Lahaina at the time. The boat would have burst into flames, according to to the video we've seen 
of all these boats that people had out in the water. And some of these people had their boats far out in the water. So there's no way the fire in Lahaina and in Maui could have traveled all across the water that far, okay, and set the boats on fire. You, you saw the videos. Look at those boats carefully. They're way out there. They're, they're way out in, in, into, into the ocean. Okay. Yeah, there's some that are close up, but, but even the ones that are close up are far away enough from Lahaina and, and Maui that there's no way fire should have caused their boats to explode. Those people should have been totally safe and no flames should have broken out on the boats unless, unless you use your logical, rational mind. And when you lose, lose, yeah, when you lose your mind, you can't think straight. When you use your mind, you realize, aha, a, a directed energy weapon, according to the, the, the boasting publications of the companies that build the directed energy weapons, can cause forest fires, bush fires, and can cause fires on boats uh, off uh, in, in the ocean and off the coastlines. See, see that's the explanation for something happening which is not supposed to happen and which never happens. Boats catching fire supposedly spontaneously out in the ocean. Because you're not including another element, which is, was there the usage of directed energy weapons, which use, I've been, I've been researching this for decades now, which uses electromagnetic frequency energy via energy lasers and high-power microwave rays. And sonar is used to zero in precisely, even from a satellite, on the target. And these directed energy weapons have already been built and are in usage by governments like the U.S., China, Russia, India, Pakistan, Japan, Korea, U.K., Germany, France, Iran, and Turkey. Their impact, in a general sense, is like the atomic bomb. So you have these massive corporations like Lockheed Martin and, and other uh, uh, massive corporations corporations. These are, this is the military-industrial complex right here. These are the people that built uh, the rocket program for NASA. They built our war rockets and missiles. Uh, the, Werner von Braun was involved in many of these companies. The Nazi rocket scientist, who was the head of NASA after uh, he was plucked from uh, Nazi Germany. And so uh, Lockheed Martin says in their publication, at sea, in the air, and on the ground, Lockheed Martin is developing laser weapon systems ready to defend the U.S. and allied forces. Combined with our platform integration expertise, these systems are designed to defeat a growing range of threats to the military forces and infrastructure across all domains. Now it lists other related rocket companies. These are huge companies. Lockheed, Northrop, Raytheon are in various stages of testing, listen carefully, Big corporations I just named are already testing and building directed energy laser weapons. And this is on the very public websites. You can go to the public websites of these major international corporations. This is not a conspiracy theory. They are boasting on their websites. Corporations like Lockheed Martin, Northrop, Raytheon, and others are boasting on their big websites for all the public to see that they are in the business, among other things, of developing directed energy weapons. 
They're telling you and boasting and showing you pictures of their technology. So for the media or any institution or agency in America to suppress what is readily available as truth to the American public is there's something dirty. There's something dirty going on. All right. You better wake up and figure out what it is, because this does not smell kosher at all. How can you have this is public knowledge to so many sectors in our society? It is not something that anybody's hiding because these are profitable technologies. So you have some of the biggest corporations in the world, the ones I named, but there's many others, that are all in the business and they are openly telling you, they're bragging about it and boasting about the fact that they are building directed energy weapons. So how can you then turn around and say, unless you're a flat-out psychotic bozo the clown moron, how can you turn around and say, how can you turn around and say, it's a conspiracy theory. I don't believe anything you're saying is a conspiracy theory. The problem is not with you or me. We've got the facts and the documentation that anybody who has even an iota of uh, curiosity can look up for themselves. In five minutes, I could find, you know, for less than five minutes, in three minutes, I could bring up to you websites uh, by these major corporations boasting of their involvement in directed energy weapons. So you can't turn around and say there's no, that the whole thing's a conspiracy theory. And so what we don't have from the mainstream media or any institution in America, the so-called trusted institutions that should be earning the trust of the American people are silent or involved in the suppressing of information and truth. That is a very serious problem and a total violation of the Constitution of the United States of America. It is evil. It is evil. It is evil beyond evil. Now, I don't know who did that or how that happened. But it is, there's just a lot of very strange question marks. And unless you tune in and connect and pray, and that includes, you may think this is dumb, and I, I don't do this as often as I should, but I pray over the area where I live. And, you know, I don't think most Christians ever pray over the area that they live. Some do. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I don't know that what the specifics, but what the strange uh, signature that is left in all of this is this disaster. There's a big difference between what we are being told by official sources, the mainstream media, government institutions, etc. We are not being told the truth, okay? Because when I saw the pictures that I saw today, the videos, of, of stuff that I've never seen before, that they would never show on the mainstream media. And I've been in Lahaina and walked in Lahaina many times, and I've been on the boats. I can tell you that the, the intensity of the flames that I saw, both from an aerial and from, from different aerial satellite point of views to just uh, on-the-ground point of views, the horror, the, the speed of destruction was like, it was like so far beyond any Forest. I mean, we have fires here in California that burn down thousands and thousands of acres that have literally come up to the backyard fences of my neighbors and a short distance from my house. Massive fires, okay, burning up tremendous amounts of ground and moving quickly. And I've seen those fires up close, but the speed by which the fires occurred in Maui. It's like 
at a whole different level. Okay, remember, knowledge is power. You and I need to, to do our homework, and then we need to spread the truth to people. But see, the problem is we need to strategically plant seeds of truth. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Stand with me, please. And uh, visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Yeah.